Today, I will be talking about grace. It is the grace that comes from God. The dictionary definition of such grace is, in the New Testament, the word translated as grace is the Greek word charis, which can mean a divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in one's life, including gratitude. Spiritual gifts, or charismata, are defined as grace coming to visible effect in word or in deed. The word grace is a very common word that we hear and say all the time. I use the word every Sunday when I have the privilege of giving a sermon. Those words are, may the grace of God be with each and every one of you. The word also has a very common, the word was also very common around the time of Jesus because we find that it is said over 131 times in the New Testament. 86 of those times are spoken by the Apostle Paul. Today we hear the word used in many different contexts. Isn't she or he as graceful as a gymnast or a ballet dancer? She or he is just so gracious, kind, and thoughtful. Some say grace before a meal. Ernest Hemingway described courage as having grace under pressure. In fact, it is one of the warmest words we know, and we use it in times when life is most real. We feel comfort in turning our love for someone in the time of need to the grace of God. We take courage when our own strength seems insufficient for a task by going on anyhow and trusting it can be done with the grace of God. We write it to friends in grief, asking that God's grace be with them. It is a warm and human and loving word. While grace is used very frequently, it is a very difficult word to define or to explain. Minister Stan Perdum wrote, the grace of God means that God is saying to us, here is your life. I created it. You might never have been, but you are, because the world would never have been complete without you. Here is your world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Nothing can ever separate us. It is for you I created the universe, and I love you. You see, God wants all of us to receive a true life, a life in God. That comes as a result of grace, not as the cause of grace. In the experience of God's grace, we begin to recognize and become empowered for the life which God has designated for us. Famous theologian Paul Tillich wrote in a rather long passage, but I think it's worth it. Grace strikes us 
when we are in great pain and restlessness. It strikes us when we walk through the dark valley of a meaningless and empty life. It strikes us when we feel that our separation from God is deeper than usual because we have violated another life, a life which we loved or from which we were estranged. It strikes us when our disgust for our own being, our own indifference, our own weakness, our own hostility, our own lack of direction and composure have become intolerable to us. It strikes us year after year. The longed-for perfection of life does not appear. When the old compulsions reign within us as they have for decades, when despair destroys all joy and all courage. Sometimes, at that moment, a wave of light breaks into our darkness, and it is though a voice were saying, You are accepted. You are accepted. Accepted by that which is greater than you, and the name of which you do not know. Do not ask for that name now. Perhaps you will find it later. Do not try to do anything now. Perhaps later you will do much. Do not seek for anything. Do not perform anything. Do not intend anything. Simply accept the fact that you are accepted. That is God's grace. What do we do to find grace? How much does it cost us to get it? The answers are very simple and yet are a life-changing step. We must be open to receiving God's grace. Then as the gifts come and become evident, or as our definition says, grace coming to visible effect in word or deed, we should be thankful to God for giving us grace. And in modern parlance, we are to pass it on. We can do that when we realize grace comes from the unwarranted, undeserved, and overwhelming love of God. God wants us to receive God. God wants us to live grace. God loves us all. Some he loves with sadness because they are denying saving grace. Therefore, they are living in disgrace. And some he loves with gladness because they are responding to grace in a new, challenging, and exciting life of living grace and giving God's grace to others. Frederick Buchner, the Christian theologian, stated quite simply, Grace is something you can never get. It can only be given. Instead of asking how much God's grace will cost, a better question to ask ourselves is, what does God's grace mean to us in the living of our lives? First, we have to look at the world in which we live, where we can find a lot of grace-less living. The Apostle Paul lived in such a world and reacted to it in the way many of us could react to ours. 
Paul talked about the grace in which we stand in our biblical text today read by Melanie. It was his own biography. He knew what he was talking about. The harder he worked, the farther he was from wholeness and the harmony of life which was, for which he was striving. The gap between what he was and what he wanted to be grew wider, wider, and wider. Then one day, something happened which he could not have foreseen. It was the unmerited, unexpected, and the unearned. It was though a hand reached out from God and touched him. We know now that that event took place as Paul, then known as Saul, was on the road to Damascus to persecute Christians. That none other than the voice of Jesus Christ said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? After that event, and for the very first time, Paul could speak of the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. And he had not received that peace on his own. He had been literally grabbed by grace. Ever after, he could say, this is the grace in which we stand. Where is the grace in which we stand in our lives? To be sure, we are not like Paul, living in the world in which he lived, which was dominated by trying to follow all the very demanding dictates of Jewish law, a total impossibility. But Paul, we seem, like Paul, we seem to be living under some demand, some law, Something has us under pressure. I believe it is the principle we have been schooled to live by, namely the law of self, not the grace of God. The law of self, we are caught up in the anxiety of that law which says you ought to be self-sufficient, and if you work hard enough, you can be. The one recurring problem is, that one day we will discover that even though we have lived by all that we have been taught, all that was required of us, we find it hasn't brought us the feeling of self-worth or even a sense of fulfillment. That is the daily anguish of living a secular way of life that knows no grace. Think of times when we work very hard to get someone to like us or even to love us. There may have been someone in our family or a boss at work or someone in the cool crowd at school or someone we have just met, all of whom we wanted desperately to approve of us, to like us or even to love us. We tried to become people that we were not. We tried to be interested in the things we really could care less about. Even down to our mannerisms, the way we dressed, the way we walked, the words we used. Then came the big day, and we won 
the acceptance, the caring, and even the love we sought. Unfortunately, it was not ourselves who others had those feelings for. It was the fictional character that we had created just for them. That made things even worse, because then we had to continue to be this fictional character that we had created and who others thought we were. That takes a lot of work. So to keep up our relationship, we had to be someone we were not. We had to watch what we said, keep our personal opinions to ourselves, and the same about how we reacted to various situations. We were living a lie. But eventually, we became exhausted in being someone other than ourselves. Then the person who we tried so hard to get their approval, to like us, or even to love us, came to realize that we weren't the person we were portraying. The inevitable happens, and the relationship falls apart. Now, the fact is that we don't have to do any of that to receive God's grace. We are already that person who is loved by God, just as we are, warts and all. There is an unequivocal acceptance by God. There is a total and complete love with no reservation whatsoever from God. That is what is waiting for us. That is what is available to us. That is what God gives us. That is grace. What do we do once we accept that God's grace is upon us and within us? This subject brings up the age-old argument between the concepts of, is it God's work we do that gives us God's grace? Or is it because of God's grace that we do the joyous work of God? I unequivocally and firmly believe it's the latter, and that is a fact. God does not keep some sort of a checklist keeping track of all of our good works. He should not, we should not engage in those works thinking, well, if we do, we will obtain God's grace. Why? The very simple answer is, We already have that grace. We already have it. God is not in debt to us because we do good works. We are in debt to God because we have grace. We have been enabled to pass that same grace on to others. We have been made a new person. Because of God's unconditional love, we now produce good works. We have been saved from a graceless life. We have been saved, as the hymn says, by grace. In closing, I want to present to you one of my favorite verbal pictures of the grace of God. A woman once was asked to state what her personal faith meant to her. She recalled walking with her father one day as a small child and having to reach up to hold on to his hand. The further they walked, the harder it was for her to keep her arm up and hold his hand. After what seemed like a very long time, she said, I can't hold on anymore. 
you'll have to hold on to me. And she remembered the moment when she felt her father's hand take over. That, she said, was the way it felt to have faith in God. And that was nothing less than grace. So, today, right now, I want you to raise your hand up as high as you can get it. Come on, thank you, Ellie. And I want you to grab, I want you to take it, I want you to accept the grace of God, because it is there, and it's yours. Amen.